Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Michael Reed on LMFM. Now let's talk once again to Dr. Mary Scully, who's a GP with Abbey House Medical Centre in Navan. Good morning to you, Dr. Scully, and uh, thanks uh, for joining us on the programme again. We've been speaking to you since uh, the first confirmed case in uh, this country, and uh, since we started speaking, it's a, a virus that has been spreading uh, and has accelerated across Europe. It's obviously taking hold now, and uh, the confirmation of 10 cases alone yesterday in the Republic uh, is evidence of that. I think we're in for the long haul and it's evolving and with it the advice is changing. A change in advice to people yesterday who are looking to see their GP and that they shouldn't walk in to see you off the street or hope to see you by walking in off the street and that they should phone in advance and make an appointment. Yes, good morning, Michael. Yes, the advice for this week certainly has changed um, from the previous weeks when I was talking to you, when, you know, we had much much fewer cases and they were mainly related to travel. But as from last week, we now have um, community transmission and case-to-case contact transmission. So, the thing, you know, it has completely changed the outlook and how we're going to be dealing with this. <clears throat> so from a general practice point of view, we really do not want people with respiratory symptoms presenting to us in a surgery, which is going to be full of, you know, sick people, older people, people with chronic, you know, multimorbidity. So we don't want them coming into the, if at all possible. So the procedure at the moment... And just explain is, what you mean by that, Dr. Scully. Uh, people who have cold-like symptoms, people who are, are sneezing, coughing, uh, yes. and that type of thing. Basically, any... Thing to do with the respiratory tract. Now, upper is what we call upper respiratory symptoms. So it'd be runny noses, sneezing, sore throats. Mm. They're probably less worrying than any lower respiratory symptoms, which would be do with being chesty, having bad coughs, having any shortness of breath or any difficulty in breathing. They would be what we are called lower respiratory symptoms, and they would be more concerning. Right. Okay. However, we don't really want anybody with any mm. respiratory symptoms whatsoever um, coming into us just um, on spec or coming in as walk-in. So all our patients now... And is that because, I'm sorry to cut across you, is that because you don't want uh, somebody coming into you with a, a cold or the flu perhaps and giving somebody else a cold or the flu or is it because you're concerned that they might have COVID-19? Well, you see, of course, it's, you know, it's, it's the COVID-19 that has changed everything, okay? So before this, you know, seasonal flu went round, other respiratory infections went round, and we dealt them, uh, you know, as and when they presented. But this is a different category of illness entirely. So this is something which has the potential to reach pandemic levels in the community, and we do not want to see a situation where we, t- we turn into Italy. So in order to prevent that, we have to be ultra-cautious. And so now the advice is different for anybody with any respiratory symptoms. Ring your GP. Um, either you will be asked on the phone about your symptoms and you will not be given an appointment until the GP phones you back to discuss it with you. Now, if it sounds reasonably straightforward, doesn't sound like it's anything too significant, you may well then be given an appointment to be seen. But we will be trying to maybe give people telephone advice 
Um, we will be, you know, phoning through prescriptions to pharmacies if that's appropriate. Um, and anybody that signs, you know, ill will be, you know, advised to possibly get tested or go to hospital. And we'll be arranging that for them if necessary. Okay. But if you're to be tested, uh, it would be because you'll have established uh, that the patient was in close contact with a confirmed case of coronavirus or that they had been somewhere where the spread of the virus is rampant. Yes, that's the current criteria for testing. Okay, is so is that sufficient? Well, it's changing, isn't it? You know, we now have several cases, like even in the 10 that were announced yesterday, uh, three could not be explained by either of those two criteria. So we are in a kind of an evolving and a different situation where basically now we're being told that anybody with, you know, respiratory infections that up to this we would have put down to, you know, colds and flus, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. But we now have to deem them to be at some risk of potentially having um, coronavirus. So we have to treat everybody as potentially having coronavirus. Okay, so if somebody calls you and says, look, I haven't been in touch with uh, or in contact with somebody who has coronavirus, to the best of my knowledge, I haven't travelled in a a very long period of time and I don't think I've come into any contact with the disease to the best of my knowledge, but I've had a a cold for the last week, I've been taking Benelin, I start coughing at night, in fact I was awake for an hour, an hour and a half last night from the coughing and I couldn't sleep. Uh, What will you say to them? Will you ask them to be tested or will you uh, suggest something else to them? I don't think they would be tested, even if we rang public health. Um, you know, they are they're pretty well adhering strictly enough at the moment to the current criteria. So we've had some people ring, um, you know, that are a bit more mm. unwell, but most of them have actually been told they're not, you know, uh, they don't fit the criteria for testing, so they're not being tested. We don't have to say so as to who gets tested, who who does not. That is down to the public health and the HSE. Do you believe that criterion should change, though? I mean, I you think could, it is going to change. Yeah, I mean, you read about this uh, Australian GP, Chris Higgins, uh, who tested positive for COVID-19 uh, but it was only discovered after he had he had treated 70 patients he estimated since he had what he thought was a very mild cold. Yes and you know and that's the trouble is that in a lot of people particularly younger people the symptoms can be quite mild and can be attributed to uh, just a cold. So that is the, the dilemma we're facing is that as things change the criteria for testing is going to also have to change. And, you know, it's, it's going to mean considerably more testing is going to have to take place. And I think Tony Holhan announced last night that, you know, apart from the virus reference laboratory, which is currently doing all the testing, but has, a, you know, a limited capacity. Now they are going to be um, doing testing in regional labs. So that is going to increase the number of tests available. And I would foresee that a lot more people are going to have to be tested. Okay, I've just been handed a, a sheet of uh, paper from uh, the chairperson of Simonstown Gales GFC, uh, which I'll read for our listeners uh, because it will be of interest to them, uh, of course, and perhaps you'll be able to advise people if they're concerned as a result. But they're saying uh, that a member of uh, the club has tested positive for COVID-19 and uh, that they had recently been on holiday in Italy uh, and they wish the member uh, full uh, and 
and speedy recovery uh, obviously the player was one of two players from the club on the trip abroad in advance of their returns the players were requested by team management to undertake and readily agree to a period of two weeks of self-isolation the second player is still in isolation and currently shows no sign of symptoms neither player has visited the club since uh, their return so it seems from what I'm reading there and I'm literally seeing it as I'm reading it to to you uh, that they have followed all the correct procedures and that they shouldn't pose any risk to anybody no, I mean, if they haven't visited the club since their return home, then the club can, you know, be assured they, their other members are safe enough um, and they are doing the correct thing by um, self-isolating for two weeks after the return from, you know, really, mm. which was an outbreak area. Many people are, are saying, why don't we just shut the place down, close the schools, keep people at home, do what they're doing in Italy before we end up in the situation that Italy is in. Two days ago, mm. 700 people were diagnosed uh, as having uh, the disease. And yesterday, 1,700 people were diagnosed as having the yeah. disease, bringing the total to over 9,000. I know, yes, and it's 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 really really difficult. I think for the people who are in charge of making these decisions to make them at the right time, because you know closing everything down has huge implications for the economy, for education, for people's lives. You know, so it's not a decision that you can really take lightly, and it and it has to be done at the right time. Now, I know there are people criticising the HSE and saying, "Oh, it should be happening now." But, you know, those same people will probably be going crazy if they're told they can't travel on their holidays or go out to the cinema or, um, you know, they have to stay home because their children are home from school. You you know, it has huge implications. And whereas that might be coming down the road, we would hope perhaps that, you know, maybe some further, um, you know, processes will take place that will avoid having to do that complete shutdown. So, for example, you know, I think people really need to be thinking a little bit more carefully about their own sort of situations. And, you you know, we haven't formally got onto the delay process yet, but, you know, that would involve much more sort of social isolation. And people can do things for themselves, apart from the whole personal hygiene bit, which obviously has to be a given at this stage. Um, you know, and if anybody has any symptoms of respiratory infection, that they go home and they stay home and they ask for medical help. But, you know, even just going to into crowds, into big gatherings, um, heading outside for, you know, cinemas, restaurants, you know, perhaps it is kind of more sensible just to go to work and come home and stay at home. Mm. God. Yeah, it really is food for thought. Is we were in uncharted territory. Uh, yeah. I suppose that's a, an expression that's been used uh, many times, uh, but uh, it really does uh, apply to the situation we're in now, and we don't know where we're going, which is uh, the uh, frightening part of it. Uh, but washing your hands and listening to the public health experts uh, is the best advice at the moment. Yes, and you know that's changing all the time, and both the HSE websites and the HPSC sites have very good information for everybody and you know people should be looking at that on a daily basis to see what's happening. Okay. Dr Scully, thank you as always uh, for joining us here on the programme this morning. That's Dr Mary Scully, a GP with Abbey House Medical Centre in Navan. Michael, Michael Reed on, on LMFM. LMFM.